All right, we are back. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Have You Seen That With T. This is episode 28. Here we are, the worst fucking episode ever. I'm starting off cussing because this was a terrible week for media, period, right? So started, ended last week off watching Thor, Love and Thunder, and I enjoyed the hell out of Thor, Love and Thunder. I thought it was a great movie. I had a great time at the theater. It was fun. It was funny. It didn't take itself too seriously. And it had some mid, uh, mid-credit and post-credit scenes. And apparently that wasn't enough for you Marvel fanatics. Uh, everyone got upset. There were people, you know, saying the movie, uh, you know, should have been more serious. No, it should not have I do not want to ever see Thor The Dark World ever again. I've only watched I've watched it twice, only because the first time it was so bad I had to watch it again to make sure I wasn't hallucinating and seeing that terrible movie. But here we are, started the week off and I wanted to watch movies, uh, but some series kind of, you know, took over. And then I did myself the greatest disservice ever Monday night. I finally got around to watching the movie Men, and oh my God. I'm just take a breath. Um, Men is absolutely one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, right? So here we are. We're in the year 2022. I get it. Everything's political. Everything's politically correct. Everyone is trying to cancel each other. The right are swinging at the left. The left are swinging at the right. They've just overturned Roe v. Wade. Like, we are living in some insane times right now. You know, there was a dude who went and shot up a parade and somehow didn't get shot up. But then there was a guy who got shot 48 times uh, and had nothing on him. It's in, we are living in a bizarro world. We've been living in a bizarro world for a very long time. But movies is that one safe space, right? Movies, when you go to a movie, when I went and saw Thor Love and Thunder, I was just sitting there watching some spectacularly colored uh, action on the screen. Like It's just like these beautiful, hue, these beautiful hues of... A variety of colors, right? And it, and that's what I like about Thor, right? You know, uh, it's just this real colorful. It's a comic book movie. It was a comic book movie. It took you to New Asgard. It took you to you know nowhere or wherever wherever the shadow realm was, and all the different colors faded away. Like it was dope. Like it was a dope experience. And then. You know, men comes out on streaming and I see it and then I just watch it. I watched it at about 1030 at night and it really, really defeated my entire week. Right. There was no movie, no movies coming out in the theater this week worth watching. Um, and, you know, Jurassic World Dominion dropped on streaming. Uh, men dropped on streaming. There was another movie that dropped uh, streaming this week. Uh, and I watched this movie, Men. And I remember seeing the uh, 
preview for it, you know, beginning of this year. And, you know, it's just a woman walking into a tunnel and she see and like she sees a guy and it ends the preview. Right. It was just a weird like and it was beautifully shot, beautifully colored, like everything about it looked like an Apple uh commercial you know apple always had like when they you know shot by iphone or something like that they always have these beautiful colors right and that's what one thing i noticed you know about some of these director styles they always have these beautiful colors and it was through a24 or a21 who's like the artsy you know uh the artsy horror or artsy movie you know studio so you're going to get some indie you're going to get some indie hits and then you're going to get some indie misses because i think uh, if i'm not mistaken any everywhere everything all at once was a 21 or a 24 i can't remember which cut uh number it is but at this point i'm really upset so here we are the story of men uh the first scene is uh a woman with a bloody nose in her apartment and, and forgive me because i'm about to spoil everything about the movie because i have to talk about it i have to get it off my chest uh a woman with a bloody nose and she looks out her window and there's a guy falling out of the window and he has like almost a smile on his face so immediately i'm thinking all right this is about to be some craziness right uh and then it flashed forward to her going to this like summer cottage and this place is beautiful and of course there's like this weird groundskeeper i think it's like an airbnb or something like that you know she's going to it's in the middle of nowhere because she's using this time to reflect she's using this time to cleanse herself of that pain that she saw when this guy was falling out of a window so the rest of the movie is like cutting to the incidents that's led to the guy jumping off of their roof uh, and then her in this cottage, right? So, um, you know, she's at this cottage. The groundskeeper, played by Rory Kinnear, is just this weird, uh, you know, crazy-looking guy. Um, and I don't know where they're really going with this, right? And, like, they just... <laughs> The movie of the the title of the movie is men right and and i knew it was going to be like this this movie where they're insulting men right but the whole every guy in this movie just like presented every male cliche of like you know victim blaming like something will happen to her and like a cop comes and blames her like what did you do to you know make this happen and there's a naked guy chasing her throughout the whole movie uh you know he gets arrested and that's when the cop says you know what did you do to to, to make this happen and the groundskeeper would just say these like uh overtly sexist you know remarks towards her and it was like and it's like i felt like i was watching an artsy tyler perry film like where it's just like dogging dudes and i'm all for it right we do have narcissists out there we we us men we run the gamut of of the bullshit that we put people through so i got it right like we're not perfect nobody's perfect but this movie just like every chance it gets it just like throws these haymakers you know of these guys just doing all of these you know saying these disgusting things to this woman and you know and she's just this nondescript like 
<laughs> when they cast these movies, right? They like I don't know if Alex Garland went for the most like nondescript woman, not named Elizabeth Moss. Like he got this actress, and she has like no facial features. She has like this short haircut. Like everything about her just uh, resembles the modern white female like the like vague plain like she like i'm trying not to offend you but but like it's offensive to me watching this like i'm seeing all these character caricatures on the screen and it all leads and then the whole time I'm, i'm wondering like where's this leading up to what are we going like where's the big reveal because it just so happened um you know, a day before I watched the movie Men, there was like a, a the most gross scenes, you know, in movies. And and they said like in the the review, it said, you know, not that scene from Men. So I'm waiting for that scene from Men. Like I'm waiting for that crazy scene. So at first I thought it was just a guy standing there butt naked in the middle of the forest. Like like this guy who was stalking her is a guy. He doesn't say he has all these cuts on his face and he's just completely naked, dick out, weird. And he just he's like walking around a house while she's on the phone with her friend. Um, and it. Like it just goes through the, these various things, and it turns a little supernatural every time she's talking to a friend. Like the phone would cut out, it would like, uh, and it would have like these like images, like you know, zapping in between like uh, the frames. And I'm like, all right, this is turning supernatural. So I'm I'm expecting like hereditary again, like where there's like a pagan god somewhere, you know, trying to sacrifice her. No. So we get to the end of the movie uh, and, you know, she's ready to leave. She's trying to tell her friend where she is because she's ready to go. She's like, I've had enough. This naked guy's chasing me. Uh, The cops don't believe me. There was a priest midway through the movie who just popped in there and he insulted her and blamed her for everything. Like she's trying to confess her sins to him. And he in turn like mansplains and, and, you know, blames her and says it's her fault that this naked guy is like obsessing over her because she looks good. That's what that was like, kind of like the final straw of the movie. Like, you know, you're walking around here looking all, you know, pretty and maybe you brought it on. Like, all right, your hand fit, your Tyler Perry me a little too much. You know, like this, this was like uh, the white equivalent of a Tyler Perry movie. That's truly how I felt. It was like four. Not for the color girls, but for the white girls, men. Here we are. And then the end happens, right? So she's telling her friend, I got to get out of here. And the phone's doing this fritzy thing. So I'm thinking we're about to get like some pagan God walk through the door like, hey, you know, I'm going to sacrifice you. No, it's the groundskeeper. And she she's like, I got to get out of here. The groundskeeper's like, I'm going to help you out of here. And they try to escape and the lights flash and then it turns into this priest guy. And then the lights flash and then it turns into the sheriff. And all of these men are embodying each other like they're embodying the spirit of all men. Right. And then the weird shit happens. She's trying to get away. 
She crashes a car because, of course, she crashes a car, right? She hits the groundskeeper. She drives away. She hits the groundskeeper. He pops up and turns into the priest who, like, starts choking her and all this other stuff. She runs back to the house. And I shit you not, the weirdest moment in movie history happens then. And I'm completely about to spoil it because you're not going to want to. I'm warning you to the five listeners who listen to this show. Don't watch this movie. The groundskeeper shows up first and the groundskeeper is pregnant, right? He has this huge belly. And I'm like, where the fuck are they going from here? Where is this story going? He lays on the ground and he gives birth to the priest guy. And when I say gives birth, it's like Ace Ventura coming out of the the rhino's ass. Like, that's what is happening on screen. And the the priest guy comes out, and he in turn has a big belly. And he lays down and gives birth to uh, the, not the ground, the groundskeeper was first. Then it was the priest. Then comes the naked guy or something like that. It's like five guys. Oh, no, he gives birth to the sheriff. Then the sheriff comes out and they're all walking up. It looks like Strange. You remember that commercial in Boomerang where Strange gives birth to the to the uh, the cologne, like uh, the, the perfume. Like that's what's happening on screen with all these men giving birth. And it's like all of these, like all of these heavy handed punched in the face like uh allegories of this male like i don't know what it was but the sheriff then in turn gives birth to the naked dude who's like his face has now become like plant-like it's so weird and then finally the naked dude comes out he gives birth to the black guy who jumped out of the window at the first at the beginning of the movie and like by this time they're inside the house because all these people are like chasing her and then laying down and giving birth and somehow she hasn't ran around all of this she just keeps running deeper in the house and the guy she goes and sits down on because by the by the end she's like i've seen five dudes give birth to other dudes mentally i'm checked out like she looks like when the last guy comes out and she sees it's her ex-boyfriend or ex-fiance who jumped out of the window to begin the movie. Uh, and the movie had already given all this backstory of why he did it. And, and, you know, he he sits down on the couch next to her and she's like, why? What do you want from me? And the guy says, your love. And I wanted to throw everything in my in my house at the TV. I was so upset. I don't think I've ever been more upset at a movie for like trying to call itself art. And Alex Garland, I got a lot of respect for Ex Machina. And next week, we're going to talk about these directors who directed these masterpieces. And then they directed some bullshit afterwards. M. Not Shyamalan, you know I'm talking to you. And, you know, it... (laughs) It was just terrible. It was no redeeming factors to this movie. Nothing at all. Everything about it was a train wreck. I wanted to see how it ended, and that's my problem. I I can't just turn off these movies. I have to see how they finish. Because some movies might redeem themselves with a great ending. This movie did not. I was thoroughly grossed out. 
And like literally after the first birth of the first dude, I started fast forwarding it because I was like, I don't want to see this shit and I want to see how it ends. And every time I fast forward, it would just be another dude giving birth to another dude. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is I got it. I'm smart enough to understand the, the parallels like but was it necessary? Was this movie necessary to make? No, not at all. It it's I was disgusted. I wasn't scared. Like it it, it was just a it, it was it was a movie. The name of the movie was Men. The end. I don't ever want to see this movie again. I don't ever want to talk about this movie again. I'm just gonna wipe it from my memory banks. I just wanted to get it all out. I wanted to shoot an at home review, but it was like by this time it's like midnight thirty. I'm like, man, I don't feel like I don't feel like turning on any lights. I don't feel like disturbing any of the family by recording this at home review. But shit, this movie and this is probably the most cursing I've done on this podcast. This movie was terrible. Stay away from it. Uh, to both of my listeners who listen to this podcast, stay away from the movie men because uh, chances are you are a man and it's going to offend you and you're going to be disgusted and you're going to hate yourself for watching this movie and not listening to me. All right, so let's move on. So after the movie Men, I was disgusted. I didn't and I was looking for other movies to watch, but at this point I was scared because I didn't want to watch another terrible movie. So then I found this show on Hulu called Maggie it's a romantic comedy sitcom, and I was like, you know what? Let me get some light watching in the movie, in, in the TV show on Hulu, Maggie. It was a cute little romantic comedy show about a psychic woman who touches a guy and sees their future together, but then they go on a date, and then she touches him again, and, see, and she sees his future with another woman, and calamity ensues. And it's a 13-episode arc of her. Because uh, then, of course, the guy moves in to her flat with another woman. And, like, it just becomes this, you know, calamity of, of her going on these dates with other guys. And it's like a whole bunch of, uh, you know, other characters on the show. And it was cute. And it took my mind off the show, men. Uh, but it didn't fully... And then I get online one day and I read that Resident Evil, the series, was out on Netflix. And that came out on the 14th. And we are on the we are here July 17th. And I saw the preview for um, I saw a preview for uh, Resident Evil a little bit earlier this year, and I was like, all right, this looks like an interesting take on Resident Evil. Uh, you know, it's like a, the story of how the outbreak happens and then flash forward to like 30 years in the future. Uh, and this beautiful actress, I don't know her name, um, but I know she was in the re, uh, reboot of Charlie's Angels and she is just gorgeous. Uh, and then my boy Lance is in it, the guy who's in like everything, uh, the guy from uh, John Wick, the John Wick movies. Can't think of his last name right now. I just know his name is Lance. And I was excited. I said, man, all right. So they got Albert Wesker being played by this guy. And I'm into it. Let's let's see what this is about. 
And similar to men, I felt disgusted after watching the show because it was eight episodes of pure stupidity. Um, it None of any of what was happening made any sense. Uh, I don't understand how Umbrella, being the corporation that it is, allows two teenage girls to pretty much fucking cause the cataclysm and the end of the world when, like, they're in this huge state-of-the-art facility yet have no security. Everything is, like, done through cameras. Like, in in the worst cut cost-cutting moves of the century, you just have cameras, and nobody's watching those cameras because they're just creeping around this facility um, and because they have their father's voice, who Albert Wesker is their father, they're like test tube babies from Albert Wesker. Uh, because they have his voice on the phone, that gets them into this maximum security like bio lab. It's like, what what am I watching here? Like, can we can we be a little more intelligent? Right. Can we figure out a better way for all of this stuff to happen? One of the girls get bit by a, a rabid dog, one of the T-virus dogs, and she finds out she's somewhat immune to the T-virus because she's a lab rat for, from Albert Wesker. Flash forward 30 years in the future, mankind, there's like 6 billion, they, they make a note to tell us it's like 6 billion zombies or T-virus people, and there's like, you know, uh, maybe... Three million, you know, uh, humans left on this earth. So humanity's fight, like, there's still technology because at one point, like, uh, the main protagonist Jade is is a uh, FaceTiming with her daughter. Uh, so there's still that, and you know, we just know that the world is, and and they make a note to let you know that they're not zombies. They're just infected people with the T virus because they're not dead, but it just lowers their inhibition and it just makes them uh, turn into rabid, crazy people. And we also learn uh, through the first season that animals are affected by this, which is truly the most terrifying part of all of this, right? So if you're telling me there's six billion humans who are infected by the T-virus, there have to be like a hundred billion animals affected by the T-virus because at one point, at the end of the series, there ends up being this huge infected alligator that's like three stories. Like, what? Like, it just... Let's think about this for a second. If one alligator... This infected alligator, like there has to be more than one alligator left on Earth. Like, did the alligators eat each other? Like, like I'm so confused. Like, when you bite them, they should turn into infected things, right? And at some point, there's like a huge spider. There are trillions, like upon trillions of spiders in the world. Like, let's come on. Like, you could have left. You could have done without. Uh, introducing the animals, right? Dogs, got it. Think about that for a second, too, though. A billion dogs that are infected by it? Like, we don't stand a chance. Like, humans would not stand a chance. There will be hundreds of humans left, not millions, if, if all of these factors are truly factored in. And I'm getting upset just thinking about it because this was such a missed opportunity like a huge missed opportunity 
uh, with this series. And it was a swing and it was an epic miss at one point in time. We find out that Albert Wesker, and once again, I'm about to spoil some parts of the show, but we find out Albert Wesker made a bunch of clones of himself. And one of those clones walking around looking like Blade. And that shit was hilarious. Like, that was probably the funniest part of the series. Watching this dude, uh, uh, you know, fight people with this fade wig on. Like, it... <laughs> Just thinking about it makes me laugh. Like, he's a blade. And security walks in. And of course, it's on every scene when security walks in. There's, like, three security guards. And, like, he just breaks into, like, the music starts blasting. And he breaks into these, like, almost capoeira-looking moves. And, like, he doesn't, like, it has to be a stunt double. Because it's like, man, this guy's, like, in his 60s or something. And he just, oh, man. It's that's like the highlight of the whole series is the one scene where Blade Albert Wesker shows up and beats up like three guards and kills them. And yeah, it, it reminded me that that scene with all these clones reminded me of multiplicity. And I'm I'm 99 percent sure that's where they got that whole premise from, because they had one uh, one of the clones who was like the slow one, as they say, the special one. Uh, and he, yeah, and he pops up later on in the series. Uh, and it ends on this really dour note, like, you know, this cl- somewhat cliffhanger. And I'm going to somewhat spoil the cliffhanger to ask this one question. In these movies, in these series, in life, right? If you are trying, if you decide that you want to shoot a human being, to stop them from foiling your plans in what world do you only shoot them once and you shoot them in the stomach and then you walk away saying this person's gonna die because i just shot them with this handgun in their stomach once and you stand all over them and you're like man i'm gonna leave you to die on your own so you can suffer instead of putting like two or three more bullets in them because i remember lethal weapon 2 when they tried to kill mel gibson's character they shot that dude like seven times and i'm still surprised he survived uh but like you know the main character to spoil alert she gets shot at the end of the show and the other villain just walks off after she shoots her and I won't spoil anything else about the scene, but she walks off as if, like, I just shot you in your stomach. You're going to die. I'm going to leave. And you might still live and come back and foil my next plan. Like, it's, what, what? you could have just, once again, it's like, don't treat us like, don't treat us like we're idiots. Like, give us something, man. Make a smart show. You know, make a smart sitcom, make a smart series. You don't have to dumb it down to the lowest common denominator. Or maybe you do. Maybe maybe I'm I'm being, you know, maybe I'm being uh, too picky. And maybe I'm just thinking that the assumption is smart people watch these shows when they're really uh, trying to dumb it down for, you know, everybody else. So Resident Evil came and went and it was terrible. I wanted to watch it all the way through uh, because I saw the meme about Blade being on Resident Evil and I saw that fade wig and I was like, I got to I got to see where this happens. And it happens in episode five. And I got a good laugh 
Uh, and then, you know, the last three episodes were just terrible. A bunch of supposedly genius level people making the dumbest decisions. Like all of these people, every, every, like they begin the series by really harping on how much of a genius all of these people are supposed to be. Like Albert Wesker is supposed to be this genius level type of guy and his two clone or test tube daughters are supposed to be these two the most intelligent people you know uh, that he created I created you to be intelligent I created you to be strong but they all make the dumbest of simple decisions that like it there's like literally no thought going into anything there's literally no planning going into any of the decisions they make they just make these rash stupid decisions based on like the most basic human emotions with no thought of the consequence and here we are 30 years later the world's supposed to end all because like two teenage girls uh you know wanted to to i don't know what they wanted to do but it was stupid whatever they wanted to do was dumb you know but here we are. Resident Evil came and went. And I really didn't know what I wanted to, you know, what else I wanted to do in the pod. I wanted to just review those two terrible things. And then I thought, let's talk about the worst movies so far of 2022. And in making this list, I realized there have been a lot of terrible movies so far this year. So I'm going to name a few. Uh, and it's kind of hard to put them in order except for the top three movies. They, they're like clear cut, you know, uh, terrible, the worst of the worst movies in 2022. But like everything from three above really could be interchangeable because they're just all bad movies. So number 10, Firestarter. I had real high hopes of, of this Zac Efron vehicle of a movie. Uh, after watching the invisible man the invisible man kind of spoils it for a lot of these movies because it was so smart so well thought out it was a little heavy-handed but at the same time though it was it, in, in, in elizabeth moss is a great actress the actress with no face the actress with the most plain face on the planet yet she really does her thing in everything she stars in i love her she's awesome and you know, uh, Firestarter was just not a good movie. I wanted it to be so bad. I really wanted it to be a good movie, but it was just terrible. Uh, number nine, the movie Duel with Karen Gillian and uh, Aaron Paul. It w- it was the premise of the movie was really great, but the acting was so terrible. And and I really felt like it was directed that way. Like the director wanted them to act the way that they were acting to try to be quirky and it just didn't work man it was just it just did not work it was trying to be like this dark comedy but it turned out to not be like it turned out like it it was too serious when it should have been a little bit darker and funny uh and it just it was the ending was terrible like everything about the movie just kind of fell flat even though it had like one of the best premises that could i mean they could have hit a home run and made and created a cult classic and maybe it still will become a cult classic because it's so bad it's you know it's one of those so bad that it might be good movies uh once a lot of a lot more people see it like people have to see it first this amc plus thing 
uh, that it's on, like a lot of these, a lot of these streaming services, nobody watches those things. Like nobody watch, nobody subscribes to AMC Plus. Like other than to watch The Walking Dead, and now that that's ended, like I don't think too many people are gonna subscribe to AMC Plus. I don't see the upside in that. Um, number eight is The Watcher. I reviewed that last week. It was just a terrible movie with terrible acting. Uh, and that's all I'll say about that. Just not a good movie. Kind of remind me of Men, uh, but just worse acting. Number seven, Deep Water. Another, like, you have these beautiful people in this movie. You got, you know, handsome Ben Affleck. And Anna de Armas is, is perhaps, like, one of the most beautiful women on this planet. Everything she's in, she just glows, right? She just She just radiates, like... Uh, you know, a young Selma Hayek and Penelope Cruz put together. Like, it's just like this gorgeous being. And both of these humans are perhaps the worst people on the planet. You know, just terrible. Like, she's just like this, you know, uh, they're mar- a married couple. And, like, she's cheating on him. And, like, not only is she cheating on him, she's, like, cuckolding him. Like, she brings her boyfriends. She invites them to dinner, and he just, like, cooks dinner. And all his small talk is about how he'll make them disappear and all this other stuff. And, of course, he does make them disappear because he's killing these dudes. And she just keeps bringing more dudes, and they just keep disappearing. And we, and, and the audience and the world is supposed to act like this is not a coincidence. Like, okay. I mean, like, I played along with it. And, you know, it just turns into a farce towards the end. And it was just not a good movie with some great actors in it. And that was that. Then comes number six, senior year. It came out on Netflix. Uh, Rebel Wilson, who's gone through like this body transformation in the last few years. Um, You know, for whatever reason she wanted to. Um, And she's, you know, trying to get back into the Hollywood limelight and and starring in a Netflix movie might be a way to do that. Uh, But this movie was not that. It's about a young girl, teenager, who uh, is a cheerleader and like her cheerleader competition uh, person, you know, causes her to be in a coma like she falls. They don't catch her when they when she like does her flip or something and she falls, hits her head and goes into a coma for like 20 years. And then she wakes up and she's this middle aged woman uh, with like this, you know, uh, awkwardly below average body uh, who still thinks she's a 17 year old teenager, uh, you know, a cheerleader. So she goes back to high school and she wants to become prom queen or something like that to like cap off her dream board. And it's like, it's just, and it would have been funny if it was funny. Like, but all of the millennial jokes were just on, like, you know, two on the nose and they just were not funny. Like, it was like, you know, we, it just wasn't funny. Like, there were so many holes in this movie. Uh, it just wasn't funny. All right. And then we go on to number five, which, you know, should have been a little bit lower, but it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. We got Morbius. It's Morbin time. It's Morbin time. Like, just a, not a good movie. A waste of, like, a waste of millions of dollars. You could have made another you know property like dc 
Marvel has so many properties. And this obsession with making this Spider-Verse is just, it's beyond comical. Like, they're obsessed with making the Sinister Sticks. They're, like, obsessed with it. Like, Sony will not give this up. They're going to make their Sinister their Sinister Six movie, whether we like it or not. And people are going to go watch it, and people are going to shit on it. But they don't care because they're going to make money. Like, whenever they attach the word Sinister Six to a movie, and the crazy thing is they might not even have Spider-Man, or they might throw in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. And then that's just gonna make the movie even more like panned even more, like they're gonna they're gonna annihilate this movie, and then Sony might lose money on it, or they might not. Who knows? But they are just dead set on giving us this sinister. Sick. We've we've already proved, you know, a few uh, like months ago that we don't want this movie to happen. Nobody went and saw Morbius, like. It is it's just a waste of your time. And here we are still trying to make this happen. But that was number five. That was Morbius. We'll talk about the Sinister Six another time. They're going to force this on us. After next year, they bring out Craven. Then the year after that, they'll bring out some other garbage you know, villain to round out those six. Because the Vulture showed up in the post credit scenes. Uh, which made literally no sense. So I'm trying to figure out what is it going to be. Venom, Craven, Morbius, Vulture, and then, you know, Doc Ock and, and the Green Goblin. Like it has to, the Doc Ock and the Green Goblin have to be in a Sinister Six or it just makes no sense. But anyways, let's move on to number four. Number four movie, Memory with Liam Neeson. Everybody keeps saying this movie, Blacklight is terrible. But I think Memory is the same movie. I think they're just two terrible movies with Liam Neeson being this old guy who we're supposed to believe is supposed to like beat up all these young guys because he's a killer and he like but every time you see him like every time you see Liam Neeson move in one of these movies, he's one, he's seventy years old. And nothing against any seventy year old, but like you're just not moving that. You're not moving that well. So instead of putting you in these action thrillers, slow it down a little bit. Let's let's use our brain. Like if he would have used his mind and used like uh, subversion tactics to like get to where you know he needed to be, I'll be for that. But he's supposed to be using brute force, stealth, and speed, and he had none of those things. He looks like he has none of those things. Uh, and it's a movie about a dude who's fighting dementia. Like in his old age, it's like the, the writing couldn't be more on the wall. It's time to give it up, buddy. You had a good run. You really did. Like Liam Neeson had a damn run. He, all before, you know, he was Dark Man in the 90s, you know, and then Taken just really, uh, really reinvigorated his career. And he's made a buttload of money after the movie Taken. But it's time to hang it up, guy. It's time to hang it up, man. All right, so number three, Moonfall. This was a steaming, stinking pile of shit. This movie was terrible. My wife watched the movie, and she actually enjoyed it, which I thought was funny. She likes Halle Berry, so like anything with Halle Berry in it, she's probably going to enjoy because she liked Catwoman. That's saying a lot about my wife. I love her, though. But Moonfall was terrible. It made literally no sense. 
none of what was happening. And then they killed my boy Michael Pena. Like he's the only, he was the only good thing about the movie to me because I love Michael Pena. Like he's one of my favorite actors. They killed him. It disappointed me. Uh, Patrick Wilson's terrible. He's a terrible actor, man. I don't know why people give this guy. Like I used to give him credit, and he's just not good. Like every role he's in, it's just like I don't want to see it. And then Samuel Tarley, I still don't know the guy's real name, but I'm going to call him Samuel Tarley. And I don't even know if that's his name on Game of Thrones. I don't even, like, I just think that name is funny. Uh, but he was terrible. And, like, the movie, the whole movie was terrible. That was number three, Moonfall. Number two, the movie Men, uh, it was that bad. Number two movie. And it's probably going to be the number two worst movie of the year, two, uh, 2022, at the end of the year, too. I don't really see much coming and knocking that out of its spot because uh, it's just bad and you got to think if if moon falls number three and men is number two what could be the worst movie of 2022 to me the worst movie of 2022 is the netflix movie the bubble all right so once again karen jillian is in another of the worst movies of 2022 um this movie is this ensemble cast that should have, they should have knocked this shit out of the park. They had like a great cast of characters, a great, it, it, it's a good premise. The premise was a little wonky, but it, like it could have worked, but it just wasn't funny. Like it just turned out to be the most unfunny thing any of these people could have done. They all seem to have done it for a check. And it just, it was a COVID comedy about some entitled actors trying to give like this, this, you know, uh, backhanded like allegory on, you know, how uh, you're not special, you know, just because you're in Hollywood. Like it was like a slap in the face of Hollywood, but then Hollywood slapped back saying, this is not funny. This is not like it wasn't smart. It wasn't inventive. It wasn't funny. It like it was just terrible. It was a bad movie. It was like in the part the part that makes it the worst is that it tried to be funny. It tried to be clever, but it missed on every mark, every single mark that this movie was supposed to hit on. It missed every scene. Uh, the punchline was just not good. Like ever like. Everything about this movie just completely missed uh, from the very start to the very end. Like everything was a miss. Everything was a dub on this movie. It was terrible. Like just just atrocious movie. And I'm going to end it at that. The bubble, the worst movie. And it, there's not going to be another movie to knock it out. You're going to have to try hard to knock the bubble out from being the worst movie of the year. Uh but we still got a lot of chances to make that best movie of the year. It's going to be hard to knock everything everywhere all at once. It's going to be hard. Like, that's still my top movie. I love Thor, Love and Thunder. I did enjoy it. But nothing, nothing will beat everything everywhere all at once. That is hands down my best movie of 2022 right now uh, as we speak. And, and you're going you're gonna to be hard pressed to knock it out. So next week, uh, I got a scary movie coming out. Nope. 
comes out on Friday, and I'm really I'm terrified. That's why I brought up M. Night Shyamalan. I brought up Alex Garland, you know, these incredible directors who started out their career making these iconic movies, and then they went to make some terrible ones. I'm hoping Jordan Peele bucks that trend, man. We're going to talk a lot about M. Night Shyamalan next week. We're going to talk a little bit about Alex Garland next week. We're going to talk about some of these one-hit wonder directors. And I'm hoping that Jordan Peele, because Us was okay. I did enjoy Us. But Get Out was iconic. Get Out was a, was an iconic movie. And it's hard to, to make you know, multiple iconic movies. It's hard to do Boys in the Hood and Higher Learning back-to-back. That's, that's a hard feat. But a lot of people will say, you know, Higher Learning was no Boys in the Hood. You're right, it wasn't. Uh, but it was a great movie all in its own. Uh, so... Let's, uh, I'm holding out for hope. Uh, we'll talk, you know, I do a ride home review of that, of, of Dope, or Nope, I'm sorry. <laughs> Dope was a good movie, but I uh, hope Nope is a good movie as well. Uh, the previews have kind of showed us a little bit more about the premise of uh, Nope, you know, a bunch of aliens uh, hiding in plain sight. Um, so we're going to see what that's about next week. I'm, I'm, I'm excited and a little bit scared at the same time. I don't want to be disappointed like I was with this movie, Men. Really disappointed. So that right there is going to wrap up episode 28 with your boy, T. You know, trying to keep these under an hour. I need to get somebody. I need to talk to somebody on one of these things. I need to make this happen. Next next Sunday, we're going to make this happen. I'm, we're, going, we're going to conference. We're going to politic. We're going to break bread. And we're going to talk movie talk. I'm going to find somebody to talk to. Uh, and you know you could always hit me up, hit me up, uh, so we can talk some movies. We can talk about Nope. We can talk about other things. We can talk about aliens. Talk about terrible directors, one-hit wonder directors, uh, and we can talk about anything you want. But let's just never talk about men again. Let's talk about let's talk about anything other than the movie Men. Uh, I'm done with it. I'm like like E.T. I'm burying it in the desert somewhere. A thousand copies of this movie so it can never be brought up again. All right. Thank you so much for listening to episode 28. It's been a ball. It's been a blast. I had to get that off my chest. I'll see y'all next week.